When I'm furthest from myself Feeling closer to the stars I'm being invaded by the dark I'm trying to recognize myself When I feel I've been replaced When I'm furthest from myself Feeling closer to the stars And welcome into 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter, joined as always by John Paulson of 444.com. John Paulson of 444.com fame. How you doing, JP? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm a lot busier for the first week of August than I need to be. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's August is here, so now we're in full draft season. It's exciting and also, like you said, uh, can be a little nerve-wracking trying to juggle everything. Uh, we got a lot to get to on the podcast. Before we do that, though, tell us about the music. This is a band I just saw at the 98.7 Summer Camp. It was, they had 12 bands at a concert up by the Queen Mary, and it was I took Max and uh, my wife Amy up to that show, and it was pretty incredible. So I had the heart and, of Monsters and Men and uh, Walk the Moon, and this is another band we saw there half alive they were one of the i think they're the second band to go on but they have a, a great tune called uh still feel um it's on the radio right now but uh a really good track it sounded really good live as well so uh it's off of well it looks like they've got three eps out and it's on all three of them so uh you'll be able to find it on spotify pretty easily all right very good we're going to update you on the ezekiel elliott situation which is john and i were talking off the podcast has been i mean it's very convoluted but we'll try to dissect that give you some some advice one way or another as we quickly approach uh drafting time over the next couple of weeks we'll also talk quarterbacks uh on the podcast today but first want to let you know this pro this podcast is brought to you by fantasy draft rake free daily fantasy is here it's available only at Fantasy Draft, where 100% of the entry fees are paid to contest winners for a limited time, Fantasy Draft is offering a free seven-day trial on your first $1,000 in rake-free entries. Go to FantasyDraft.com. Don't forget to use our promo code 444, that's the number 4, F-O-R, the number 4, to claim your free seven-day trial today. Also, you want to join the biggest season-long tournament ever, then you need to enter the $3.5 million Best Ball Championship. It's on Draft with a grand prize of $1 million. Just search for Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and get free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit with that promo code. Again, 4 for 4, number 4, F-O-R, number 4, 4 for 4. If you think you have what it takes, great, then Draft today for a shot at the $1 million jackpot. I mentioned in the intro the Ezekiel Elliott situation, John, is convoluted. Uh, it's, you know, August 7th, but on August 6th, that was the date originally reported by Charles Robinson as the deadline for Elliott to report or otherwise lose an accrued season towards free agency, and that has come and gone. So Elliott hasn't reported. It turns out that that date really didn't matter. Uh, Will Brinson of CBS now writes that Elliott has three accrued seasons. He needs one more year to be eligible for unrestricted free agency, but he's actually helped by that fifth-year option. 
the Cowboys have already guaranteed his fourth accrued season in 2020, several years in advance. So that part is good for Zeke, not so much for the Cowboys. If Elliott skips eight or nine games in 2019, he would likely ensure his contract did not toll, and while he might not get an accrued season in 2019, he would head into 2020 needing just one more year to get to that four years. So again, this is kind of a uh, you know, a, a blanked up situation, John. But the Cowboys could stop him from accruing that season by negating his fifth year option. It's guaranteed for performance only, but that would involve cutting him, thereby making him immediately an unrestricted free agent. It's a sneaky piece of leverage for Elliott, even though he would simply find himself in roughly the same spot that Melvin Gordon is now. Uh, next time. So so this this time, a year from now, he, he could wind up in the same spot as Melvin Gordon. On August 2nd is when Jerry Jones suggested that a holdout could, quote, be months into the season. Yesterday, which was August 6th, Justina Anderson of ESPN.com reported that Ezekiel Elliott will not plan uh, will not play in 2019 without a new contract. The same source said it's not likely that Elliott Elliott's holdout continues into the regular season based on the belief that Cowboys owner Jerry Jones wants to get a deal done before week one. Anderson's report continues. Speaking Tuesday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, Executive Vice President Stephen Jones said that he does not believe there is enough momentum to finalize deals with Prescott, Cooper, or Elliott while the Cowboys are in Oxnard, California for training camp. The Cowboys break camp in Oxnard on August 15th before heading to Hawaii for the preseason game on August 17th against the Rams. Um, Confused yet? (laughs) Uh, Here's some more information. According to Calvin Watkins, the Cowboys, quote, have not been informed that Ezekiel Elliott will sit out the season if he doesn't get a new contract. The Cowboys say that they have made generous offers to Elliott, Dak Prescott, and Amari Cooper that would pay each player in the top five highest paid players at their respective position. So what does it all mean, John? And are you moving Elliot down your draft board? Uh, I'm, I'm starting to get worried. I have been shying away from Elliot in those first four picks. Um, I think there's a case you could make him the number one fantasy running back. Uh, if he did not have any of these contract issues, he's been so productive when he's on the field, but, uh, you know, we've been burned before with, Le'Veon Bell, hold, you know, sitting out the entire season. I don't think that's going to be the case here uh, because they don't want their contracts, both Gordon and Elliott don't want their contracts to get told uh, for another season. So I think they're going to show up eventually. But, you know, if you lose Elliott for the first eight or nine weeks, uh, it's going to put your uh, fancy team in a big hole to start the year. Uh, the good news is that Tony Pollard uh, is looking good in camp and he's – typically available uh, pretty late. Um, he's still, his cost hasn't really jumped yet, and I think it's about to. Uh, he's going, over the last two or three days, he's going pick 189. Um, he has three down upside. He's a good pass catcher, uh, but he weighs 210 pounds and has the size requisite to be a three down back. The The, the Cowboys are going to keep his value low in, t- in terms of draft because they signed Alfred Morris. Uh, and I think the fantasy community thinks that Alfred Morris will probably be the primary backup, but uh, I, I would be, if I'm taking uh, Elliott in the first round, then I'm going to be drafting Pollard later on as uh, insurance. So that's where I'm at with the situation. If I'm starting to bump up Pollard in, in the projections and starting to uh, bump 
Elliott down, maybe expecting him to miss a game uh, where otherwise he wouldn't. I usually project the running backs to play 15 games. Um, so at this point, I am projected to play 14. So that's where I'm at with uh, this situation. Do you think, based on what you know of Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, do you think that they end up getting a deal done before week one? Yeah, I, I think that for several reasons. One, as we know, deadlines tend to spur action. So I, I think as the, the closer we get to the regular season, perhaps Jerry Jones says, okay, look, I don't want to go into this season where the Giants are horrible, Washington complete wild card because you you'd really don't know if or when Dwayne Haskins is going to take over and how good he's going to be. Uh, in his first year with Jay Gruden. So that's half the division where you're really not looking at contenders. Now, I think the Eagles are a legitimate Super Bowl contender this year. Um, Nevertheless, we've seen with Carson Wentz's injury history that, look, Dallas is in a spot where they could potentially repeat as division champs. And I wouldn't claim them to be the favorites, but if Jerry Jones looks at it, and given what Ezekiel Elliott has meant to that offense— I don't, I don't really understand the, the, the idea of, you know what, it's a passing league, but you drafted him with the fourth overall pick back in 2016. So you made that investment in him this, at, at, at the time when the league was already kind of moving towards uh, passing, right? So mm-hmm. why, not, why not recommit, give, give the money to your best player? He's not 28. You know, he's still only 23 or 24. Maybe buy out a couple of unrestricted free agent years, make him happy, and then move forward. Elliot, Elliot gives the offense the best chance to succeed. He gives the Cowboys their best chance to succeed. So I think once we draw a little bit closer, that kind of brash attitude that Jerry Jones has toward the uh, contract holdout uh, as a whole, I think I think he's going to come to the sense of like, look, we, we got to get this deal done. So my best prediction, yeah, I don't think there's a holdout. I think they get something done before week one. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens after they break camp because that's what, I mean, Stephen Jones said that there's not enough momentum to finalize. And basically what he's saying is that there's no deadline. Yeah. And Elliot's fine just missing camp. Uh, so it just puts uh, owners in a tough, fancy owners in a tough spot because they don't know if he's going to be out there for the first few weeks of the season. So, sure. Uh, like he, Jerry Jones says you don't need a bell cow running back to win a Super Bowl. And I believe that it's true. But yeah, the, but the Cowboys needed Bell Cow running back to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, right. Uh, so I, I don't know. Like this is a this is a weird deal. And I would have you know if, if I think if Jerry Jones were the final decision maker, which I'm not sure he is anymore, um, he'd be Elliot already be paid. But um, we are where we are. You know, look. Jerry Jones is right, as you just noted. You don't need a bell cow back. I mean, teams teams have been proven that the Patriots have been proved have proved that for the last two decades. You don't, you know, you don't need that bell cow back. However, not not all situations in the NFL are created equal. Right. And with the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott was the only running back last year to carry the ball fifteen plus times in a game, ten separate times. He was the only running back. I mean, you flash back ten years ago, he may be one of uh, ten running backs to do that, but. He was their bell cow back. As good as the offense was with Amari Cooper a year ago following that trade, you still need all three components where Ezekiel Elliott's the guy, and he had expanded role, as you know, John, in the passing game last year. I think he was targeted 90-plus times. Uh, and and as again, as, as good as Dak Prescott looked uh, with Amari Cooper, 
you take Ezekiel Elliott out of that mix, now now defenses can can shade coverage to Mari Cooper, and now how does that offense look? So, uh, as prudent as maybe Stephen Jones wants to be with his salary cap, and rightfully so, I think they'll eventually get a deal done. Now, I think the situation might be even more bleak in L.A. with Melvin Gordon, and Jocelyn Anderson reported that Gordon's agent requested a trade last week. Do you think he plays week one? I don't think he plays uh, week one. This seems to be more dire, and there was never any positive news around it. Um, I think the issue with both these players, well, I think specifically with Elliott, he wants to be the highest paid running back, and that gets a little tricky because, you know, the deals that are out there that the, the, the Cowboys have to beat are just kind of ridiculous heading into what is more of a passing league. So Gordon wanting to be, I believe that they offered, already offered him $10 million, but I guess they're 2 to $3 million per year apart. Uh, and they have Eckler, uh, Justin Jackson on the roster. I think they feel fine about those two. So I, I really think that Gordon, his holdout, you know, extends into the season unless he decides to um, bend on his uh, desire for big, big, big money. Um, he, in his first three seasons, he did not crack four yards per carry. He finally did last year, 5.1. Um, so I think he's trying to cash in at the, when the strike while the iron's hot. Um, very Productive player for them, though. Like a lot of touches, uh, good receiver, uh, all that. Uh, I just don't think that the Chargers uh, value the running back position as much as these running backs value the running back position. Let's stick with running backs, too, because in other news, the Texans cut Deontay Foreman. Lamar Miller, uh, I'm not wild about, but with Foreman now out of the mix, John, does this mean that Lamar Miller is moving up your rankings? You know, no one is wild about Lamar Miller. I just, when I draft Lamar Miller, because I have him where I have him in my rankings and I end up with him sometimes, and he's been there in the seventh round, and I'm like, well, you know, Lamar Miller is not doesn't have top five upside. I agree with that. Does he have top ten upside? Maybe. Um, if everything broke his way, he may, like, you look at what he has done with Deshaun Watson healthy. Uh, in the last 21 games with Watson in the lineup, Miller has turned 17.8 touches into 83 84 yards, total yards, and .47 touchdowns per game. That's a 16-game pace that would have made him the number 14 running back uh, in half PPR formats last year. The Texans left uh, Alfred Blue Walk. And so we all headed into the offseason thinking, okay, Foreman coming off the Achilles is you know the primary competition. And so Miller's stock has been in the 6th, 7th round. And, of course, if Foreman's cut, his stock's got to go up. Right. I mean, he's just not on the thin ice that he was on. There's nobody there that is just going to take over the job. Um, as far as we know, I mean, they have a couple of low uh, – they, they drafted one running back. I think he's a fullback. And they signed a couple of un, undrafted guys. Um, and we'll talk more about them um, in the running back week next week. Uh, but I got into an interesting conversation about this because – on Twitter because Michael Fabiano NFL.com said, you know, this really helps Miller's fantasy stock. And then Scott Engel, who's in the fantasy sports hall of fame chimed in and said, uh, it really doesn't help, but he's still going to get the same numbers, same disappointing numbers or, you know, blah numbers that he always gives. Um, and then I just said, well, with, with his primary competition taken away, his, stock has to be stronger and mm-hmm. I feel a lot better about taking him uh, in the fifth, sixth round now than I did maybe taking him in the seventh round 
a few weeks ago before this move happened because he's just, there's just I just don't see a, a scenario where he loses that job right now. Yeah, the, the, the other, yeah, I mean, the way I look at it with Lamar Miller is we know the workload's going to be there. That's that's no question. And that only strengthened when Foreman was released. But I in, just just discussing Foreman in and of itself, I mean, the, the, the Achilles was blown out, what, two years ago for Foreman, and then last year you just – you just kind of talk about him almost like a rumor. Hey, when can he come back? What will he be when he? But Foreman was was always a part of that conversation. Why is that? I mean, the guy. It's not like he had done anything, and once he got hurt, he should have been off the radar. Yet people kept kind of bringing up Foreman. Why is that? Because Miller really there's outside of that workload from a fantasy perspective, he he really hadn't done anything where you thought he was going to be this uh, top ten back. So. Uh, for me, it, what it all comes down to is I'd rather risk losing that workload on a player with more upside, especially as we get deeper into the draft. But as you noted, uh, if you get deeper, deeper in, okay, well, you got your running back set. Maybe even got your top three running back set. Is is adding a work kind of kind of a guy that you know the work the workload's going to be there as your fourth back? Is that a bad bad thought? No. So I guess it just depends on where you're drafting. Yeah, I mean, he was he was running back twenty two last year. Uh, he was running back sixteen the year before, and that was with Alfred Blue getting one hundred seventy touches last year, Foreman getting eighty four touches the year before. So to me, this is shaping up to be more like twenty seventeen, where he doesn't give up all that work to Alfred Blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just got whoever he's got behind him. Uh, we're not sure who the backup's going to be yet. So this looks like, to me, like the RB16 year. You know, and if maybe if things break his way, he scores a couple extra touchdowns, he's been working on his receiving game, he gets a little more involved there, uh, maybe he does crack into RB1 numbers. I think it, I think there's a real chance that this offense is, takes off. I mean, this, right. these uh, receivers are great. Uh, if they all stay healthy and Deshaun Watson, we know, can score. Uh, he's Miller's not going to be drawing the attention of the defense. That's for sure. So, you know, he's a player that's going outside the top 25, I think still. And, uh, pretty likely, I think to, to finish in the teens, I think that's good value. Before we talk about your favorite quarterbacks this year, John, I want to let you know, Hey, fantasy football fans, listen up. Do you want to join the biggest NFL season long tournament ever? Of course you do. If you love fantasy football, and we know you do, then you need to enter the $3.5 million best ball championship on draft. That's right, $3.5 million, real money, freaking huge. Here's how best ball works. It's a season-long commitment, but uh, no management. So just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically started, and you'll get the best score each and every week guaranteed. No salary caps, play in real live snake drafts, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. There's no better place to play, and you can draft a team anytime you want. Leagues start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now if you'd like. Just do a draft and do, and you could be a millionaire in 16 weeks. It doesn't get any easier than that. Join us on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in the app or Play Store and join a game in minutes. Or play right now from your computer at Draft.com whenever you want. Right now, all new players get a free entry in the Best Ball Draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code, which is 4 for 4 Number 4, F-O-R, number 4. That's right. Play for real money. 
It's a real money game for free just by using our promo code 444 on your first deposit on Draft. Again, search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com. Come play for free with promo code 444. John, you dropped your sleepers, values, and targets article on Monday for each of the four positions. Today, we're going to talk about the quarterback position. What's your general strategy for the for the position at this point? Well, it's, it's pretty similar to what it's been last year, last few years, and that's just to wait on the position as long as I can. Um, I've been adding a quarterback in the 10th round typically because that's when uh, the, the quarterback runs tend to start in my, the best ball drafts I've been in and some of the industry drafts I've been in. Uh, I realized that quarterbacks are going to go off the board a little bit earlier in the friends and family leagues around the country. Uh, so there, there are a couple guys that I may be willing to pull the trigger on a little bit earlier, maybe the eighth round, ninth round type guys. Um, but for the most part, I'm, I'm waiting until I'm actually usually the last guy to take a quarterback or the second to last guy, you know, there's 10, 11 quarterbacks off the board. That's when I'm starting to look at the position and see uh, who I want to grab of the, the remaining guys because uh, there's so much depth at the position uh, and it, it really plateaus after the first couple of guys um, after Mahomes uh, really and then you get into Watson Aaron Rodgers Baker Mayfield Andrew Luck and I've got those guys all within a few points and I've you know you look at my projections uh, the number two guy is only projected to score 12 more points than the number 12 guy so uh, basically, the, the, the plan is to wait and uh, scoop up some value there in the double-digit rounds. All right, moving forward to that to, to your article. So you list five targets in the article. Why don't you talk about a couple right here? I know one name is drawing a lot of attention, and that's Kyler Murray. Number one overall pick, goes to Arizona. Really interesting situation. He winds up with um, Cliff Kingsbury, who, run, who ran a similar offense at Texas Tech as Kyler Murray was used to in Oklahoma. Uh, Carson Wentz is another guy that's interesting because we know he's he was an MVP candidate before he got hurt the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, uh, but but durability has has been an issue. What's your take on Murray? Well, I'm excited to see him in this offense uh, with these receivers. I mean, they have Larry Fitzgerald still, who's still a quality receiver. Christian Kirk, uh, one of the breakout candidates this year. Uh, they added a, a couple of receivers, Andy Isabel and Akeem Butler, and it's actually Keyshawn Johnson, that's spelled K-E-E-S-E-A-N Johnson, who appears to be in line for the, the third job, or the third spot there, when they uh, go with three wide, which they're going to do a lot. So Isabel and Butler are actually fighting for the fourth spot uh, with, a, with a couple of the vets there. But the receiving core is pretty good. Um, and when I look at Murray's college stats, I, I use those college stats for quarterbacks uh, as part of a regression model that I have to predict uh, rookie starting quarterbacks. And Murray's college stats are pretty gaudy. He comes in with the highest uh, projected touchdown percentage in the NFL as far as the rookies, uh, the highest projected yards per attempt, the third highest projected rushing yards per game, and the fourth highest projected rushing touchdowns in the 42-player sample that I've, I'm using. Uh, his numbers at Oklahoma in the same system as Baker Mayfield are eerily similar to Mayfield's numbers. And, and Murray's just a much better runner. And that, to me, is the key for him. Uh, number one, he's got to stay healthy, and we understand he's going to needs to avoid taking big hits, right, to, to stay healthy. But the running gives him that fantasy baseline. We saw it with Josh Allen last year. If you, if you could run, we saw it with Lamar Jackson last year. 
since 2011, the four top-scoring rookie quarterbacks were Cam Newton, who had 706 rushing yards, 14 touchdowns as a rookie. Robert Griffin, uh, he had 815 yards rushing, seven touchdowns. Dak Prescott, 282 yards rushing, six touchdowns. And Russell Wilson, 489 yards rushing and four touchdowns. So Murray being able to run will, will help his chances uh, to post QB1 numbers. I think he's got a good shot at this year. I brought up Carson Wentz before. So the Eagles added Deshaun Jackson. Is that one of your reasons that you like Wentz? It is. It's, they, they added um, uh, Jackson to the, to the lineup, and I think he's going to open up the whole offense for this, for this team. And apparently Jackson and Wentz have really been uh, clicking in practice and camp. And so things are going very well on that front. Uh, Jackson still has a chip on his shoulder for how things went in Tampa. Uh, he can still fly, and he's going to open up the offense for everybody else. They've got, uh, you know, Alshon Jeffrey there, Nelson Aguilar, who's pretty good. They've got the best tight ends in the league with, in terms of the depth chart with uh, Dallas Goddard and, of course, Zach Ertz. So a lot of mouths to feed, but that's good for the quarterback, and this, this is the cheapest way to get in on this offense is to draft the quarterback. Um he is going off the board at nine or eight or nine. Um, so it's a little bit early for what, where I want to pull the trigger. Um, but if I'm sitting there and I feel pretty good about my running backs and wide receivers and I have, maybe I already have my tight end or I'm planning to take my tight end a little bit later, I, I wouldn't mind pulling the trigger on, on Wentz in the eighth round if, if he's still on the board. Let's talk about quarterback values now. You hear that term all the time leading into fantasy drafts. These are players that you aren't necessarily targeting heading into a draft, but if you end up with them, you'll be happy. Is that is that kind of a, the right way to put it? Yeah, I'm not seeking them out, but he, okay, here they are. Here's your choice of these guys, and these are the kind of guys I like when of the leftovers. I kind sure. of call them the leftovers. All right, you mentioned four in the article, but let's talk about Lamar Jackson and Phillip Rivers specifically, two very different quarterbacks. What We'll start off with Jackson. What jumps out to you? Well, Jackson ran the ball so much last year, and that gave, his, gave him a pretty high floor. He had 18.7 points per game in his eight starts. He only averaged 159 yards passing and 0.7 touchdowns through the air, but he had 80 yards rushing and 0.57 touchdowns as a runner per game. Uh, Greg Roman is the offensive coordinator there, so they're going to still run the ball a lot, uh, and Jackson's still going to run it quite a bit. Um, but apparently he's uh, looking a lot better as a passer this year in camp, and so there's a little bit of upside here with him if he starts to get the passing game going because that's going to open up um, rushing lanes for him as well. So uh, I think he's a high-floor quarterback this year, if he's, you know, and he's going to have some spike games as well because if he can throw a couple of touchdowns in a game, there's a good chance he's – also got uh, a big yardage game on the ground. And then as we uh, shift over to Phillip Rivers, he's the 18th QB off the board, but you have him ranked 13th. Why do you like Rivers more than most? Yeah, he's going really late for a guy of his with his resume. I mean, he's been really consistent from a fantasy standpoint really over the last half decade. Um, he has at least six, 28 touchdowns and posted at least 4,286 passing yards in six straight seasons. Um, his per-game pr- production isn't that uh, you know amazing. It's only cracked the top 15 once in the last four years, but he, he's always out there for you. So he's always playing 16 games pretty much, and he has uh, three top 12 finishes in terms of total points for the season. So you know, as the 18th guy off the board, Maybe you're getting him in the 12th, 13th round. You can really stack your lineup with a ton of talent at running back, tight end, wide receiver. And then you add 
Rivers, who has a good chance to finish with you know low end QB one numbers for you. You got to like his receiving core. He's got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, Travis Benjamin, and he's getting Hunter Henry back. So, you know, this guy's posted top 12 numbers in 10 of the last 12 seasons. So as the 18th quarterback off the board, I love the value, and I'm, I'm taking him, you know, 14, 15 off the board if, if uh, necessary, maybe even a little bit earlier because I got him ranked 13th. And uh, in a minute, we'll discuss John's favorite sleepers at the quarterback position. We'll wrap it up there. But first... The Rake Free Re- uh, Revolution is here, and it's available only at Fantasy Draft. Rake, commission, management fee, call it what you want, but the days of paying 10 12 or even 15% of your entry fees to the house are now over. Now you can play Rake Free only on Fantasy Draft, where 100% of the entry fees are paid to contest winners. That's right. Every single dollar paid in entry fees are paid to contest winners on Fantasy Draft. To access Fantasy Draft's exclusive rake-free contest, all you need to do is become a member. Fantasy Draft offers membership plans suitable to all levels of play, including the free player's first plan that allows for $100 in rake-free entries per month. And for a limited time, Fantasy Draft is offering a free seven-day trial on your first $1,000 in rake-free entries with their starter plan. It's time to start playing your favorite contest, rake-free free on fantasy draft your bankroll is going to love it it uh, register at fantasydraft.com today with promo code 444 to receive a, a free seven day trial on your first one thousand dollars in entry fees that's fantasydraft.com promo code 444 the number uh, the number four for the number four to claim your free seven day trial john you discussed seven sleepers in your article but i want to talk about two of them specifically Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Foles. Let's discuss Garoppolo first, coming off that torn ACL. Why is he one of your sleepers? Well, he's shown pretty well when he's been when he's been healthy with the 49ers. He has eight games with them thus far, where he attempted at least 26 passes, so you know, nine injury games. Um, he averaged 283 yards passing, 1.4 touchdowns, uh, 1.0 interceptions per game. At 16 fantasy points per game, if, if he does that over a full season, he's looking at a high-end QB2 finish, and he's being drafted basically as a QB3. So it kind of shows you the the depth at the position and, and why it's wise to wait on the position. Um, I'm happy to take him. If I if I really miss out on quarterbacks or there's a big run early or if there's other players I want to take, and I'm happy to grab him if I'm going to stream the position because he's got a couple of nice um, – matchups to start the season he's got tampa bay and cincinnati to start and he's got pittsburgh at home uh, I, have, I just have a lot of confidence in kyle shanahan as a play caller and as an offensive mind i think that he'll get the most out of garoppolo just a matter of him staying healthy and then Foles takes over in jacksonville they've been very run heavy over the years so why do you like Foles? well they signed well, they signed they hired uh john de filippo uh from the formerly of uh, minnesota vikings fame uh, who was fired because he was too pass heavy. So I don't know if they're going to go, you know, full, full YOLO, you know, you only live once <laughs> with the flip, the Filippo or whatever. I can't, I can't pronounce his last name. Anyway, he, he was calling plays for the first, uh, what, 14 weeks for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins was on pace for 645 pass attempts and 29.6 touchdowns. Um, under him so if he brings any of that to I mean they 
the Jacksonville Jag- Jaguars knew this when they hired him, right? That he's pass heavy and he got fired for being too pass heavy. <laughs> I would think so. So, you know, maybe Tom Coughlin and company are, you know, going to open up the playbook a little bit and let Nick Foles pass. And he's, as we know, Nick Foles can be amazing. Uh, he can also be very average. But, uh, you know, he's going to throw the ball a little bit more just because he doesn't run than, than what Blake Bortles did in his tenure there. And, um, you know, his last full 12 full games for the Eagles, he's averaged 20 points per game, throwing an average uh, 271 yards passing, 1.8 touchdowns, 0.83 interceptions per game. The receiving core is not, like, super talented. It doesn't have any uh, studs or anything, but they've got several pretty interesting guys there with D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Shark, Marquise Lee, if he gets healthy, uh, Chris Conley uh, came over from Kansas City, maybe is the third or fourth receiver. So, um, you know, if, if he's not just a pure game manager and he has to, they let him throw a little bit and they call some pass plays for him, I think he's going to produce. He's, he's going, I don't know, quarterback 28 right now. So extremely cheap. Uh, and you know he's good enough to to where if he's getting the same kind of volume that Kirk Cousins was getting that he could he could approach thirty touchdowns as well. It's it's so interesting with Foles. I mean, I I remember when he was with the Rams and he look he had no help from his offensive coaches. I mean, you you saw what he did for Chip Kelly in Philadelphia and then eventually for um, uh, Peterson Doug Peterson when they won the Super Bowl. You I mean the. The talent is there uh, if he if he's got the right coaching. So John DiFilippo was somebody that was sought after before he got fired in Minnesota. And and when I mean sought after, I mean as a, as a potential head coach. So um, kind of an interesting marriage there. And I think it's one of those not boom or bust situations because I don't think Nick Foles from a fantasy standpoint is ever going to be much of a, of a boom, uh, at least consistently. But like you said, when you're talking about sleepers and you and you get get deeper into your draft and you're looking for a, a QB that might uh, make for an interesting flyer, if if D. Filippo can get things going in Jacksonville again, Foles, Foles have, has shown the talent. I just I can't escape what I saw uh, here in St. Louis when when he was with the Rams and it's just he looked like a quarterback that. Uh, had no business being on the field at times, but again, not much help. All right, that'll do yeah, it. And <clears throat> Go ahead. I just wanted to, I just wanted to add that uh, the two know each other, DeFilippo and Foles from Philadelphia in 2017, because right. he was the coach there when Foles was the quarterback. So yeah, they're familiar with each other. It's an interesting situation to to say the least. You can follow John on Twitter at John underscore four for four. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. We'll be back next week, break down a couple more positions with you. Uh, and we're drawing closer, drawing closer to the start of the regular season and drawing closer to your fantasy draft. So we'll be back with more uh, information, some thoughts, and maybe we'll have some clarity on the Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon situations. Although, based on what we know right now, mm, unlikely. But uh, that'll do it for John Paulson. I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you next time on the Most Accurate Podcast. Floating in outer space, have I misplaced a part of my soul? Lost in the in between, or so it seems I'm out of control. Floating in outer space, have I misplaced a part of my soul? Lost in the in between, but I can't keep me asleep all along. Cause I still feel alive.